Hey, I'm Ryan Mallory, and this is my Swing Trading the Stock Market podcast. I'm here to teach you how to trade in a complex, ever-changing world of finance. Learn what it means to trade profitably and consistently, managing risk, avoiding the pitfalls of trading, and most importantly, to let those winners run wild. You can succeed at the stock market, and I'm ready to show you how. Hey, everybody. This is Ryan Mallory with Swing Trade of the Stock Market. Today's episode, we're going to talk about what to do with those pesky gains. Sometimes you can get up a, when you have a really good trade, you get like 50, 75, 100% up on a trade. You're looking at conditions in the market where it's overbought in an extreme way, and you're thinking to yourself, man, I don't want to be looking back a year from now and saying I should have sold this when I was up 100%. Now I'm looking at only 10% in gains or maybe even a loss, especially with some of the price action that we've seen of late out of stocks like SoFi and stocks like TUP and YELL, TUP and YELL. These are companies that most people don't even think is going to exist in the near future, yet they're catching bids and going through the roof. And what do we do with those gains when we're actually brave enough to trade those or just in a trade in general where we just have some outlandish gains? I'm going to talk about some recent gains that I have had in some of my long-term positions when I started feeling a little bit uncomfortable with those gains in terms of its long-term prospects and what I did with it. So make sure to like and subscribe to this channel here on YouTube. If you're watching here, click the subscribe button down below, like the video. Also, if you're listening to Spotify or Apple, make sure to leave a five-star review. Send me your emails. I want to hear your stories. I want to hear your questions. What do you have for me? Ryan at shareplanner.com. I read all the emails and I try to make episodes out of all of them. So today's email, we're going to go with a guy I'm not going to use his real identity. We're we're just going to give him a good redneck name of Bowser. He writes, first off, I want to say thank you for helping me and thinking of the little guy accounts. I've been watching your videos about swing trading, trying to hone in my own swing trading strategy. And if you decide to use my question for a show, I'm a Kentucky redneck by blood. So any good redneck name will fit. The one thing you preach about is stop losses and not turning a losing trade into a long-term trade hit home with me. Stopping those losses at 3 5 or 8% was a game changer. Also, a couple videos back, you mentioned that you use separate accounts for different holdings like dividends and long-term positions because they should be treated differently. And that got me moving during this latest market rally that led to taking good profits and building my cash holdings, looking for more great entries after this earnings season. Which brings me to my, to my question about taking profits specifically in my recent trade of SoFi, stock symbol SOFI, in that particular swing trade. I've been a user of SoFi banking app since 2019 and recently started a substantial position of 30% of my account back when it was trading in the high fives and now it's currently trading at $11. After this latest run, I have more than doubled my money and consider this a long-term play, but when your 100% profit in your position has now ballooned to over 55% of your holdings, what do you do? I have already taken a quarter of the position out, but it still continues to be a huge holding percentage for my account. Do I let it ride? Or do I take the emotion out of being a long-term trade and just take the profit along the way till the trend breaks and then rinse and repeat, which will get the position being no more than 10% of my portfolio? Hope this makes some sense. The losers don't bother me and cutting losses is easy since I've been playing poker for decades now, but this 100% profit position has got me all flustered because I know it can change quickly into a loss. Thank you for your expertise and I hope to hear your opinion once again on taking profit. Good question. What I first off want to say is that when it comes to trading, we get so caught up in trying to make these big-time winners here. We're, we're seeing in the past week where people are trading in stocks like TUP, YELL. For those who are, are watching this video or listening to this podcast in the future, I'm talking about 2023 in the month of late July and early August. But 
what you're seeing there is stocks doubling and tripling and quadrupling off of the idea that these companies are probably going bankrupt. And yet people keep buying into them and YOLOing into them. Or maybe they don't go under, but they're still in severe catastrophic situations here that should be troubling for anybody who's trying to invest. And I know what some people will tell you is like, well, Ryan, I'm going to go get into this and try to ride that momentum. I don't care about what it does long term. And and that's fine. Swing trading, I don't care what the stock does long term either. But there is also that idea of trying to chase a stock after it's up 150% and thinking to yourself, you know what, I'm going to ride it up for another 30 or 40%. And then you wake up the next day, like what you see a lot of these stocks already doing, they're down 30, they're down 40%, and people are getting their heads handed to them. But what I want you guys to think about is that trading is more than just hitting a home run, hitting a grand slam, clearing the fence. That's not going to make it to where you hit it big by nailing it on one good trade. Where you become successful as a trader, where you become a good trader is when you can become successful on one trade to the next. Yes, you're going to have losses along the way. You're going to keep those tight, but you're going to let the winners run wild on your other positions by taking profits along the way and, and consistently reducing the risk as this trade becomes more and more profitable. But trading so often is more about hitting singles and doubles, walking, stealing base. If we're trying to use baseball terms here, I like to go back to the movie Moneyball. If you haven't watched it yet, it's an incredible movie. It's about the Oakland A's. It's a true story using baseball analytics. And so one of the things that the character that was played by Brad Pitt was always saying was that I'm not trying to get another Jason Giambi. I'm not trying to get another big home run hitter. hitter. I'm just simply trying to replicate in a different way the same analytics that he was able to provide. Giambi was the big hitter at the time, and he was the guy that was smashing home runs out of the park, and then he left in free agency, and they had to replace him. Who did they replace him with? People that could barely walk. You had a guy, David Justice, who was a wash-up at this point in his career. He was a great player early on for the Braves, but by the time he got to the A's, he was pretty much a shadow of his former self, but what did he do? He was able to walk and get on base, and that's what they were trying to replicate. They were trying to hit singles. They were trying to get on base by getting walks. They didn't care how you got on base. They just wanted you to get on base. And so oftentimes with trading, we just look at those trades that can provide us with that big home run opportunity when we should really be looking at how can we get on base consistently? How can we hit singles and doubles and get walks? Because that's truly where the success is going to come from. Because when you hit it out of the park with a swing trade, what are you going to do with the next swing trade? You're probably going to swing at everything that comes by you and you're going to probably miss in dramatic fashion. And in trading terms, that means you're going to be taking some pretty big losses and going to be a bad quarter of some of these stocks for life. One of the things that you want to remember, too, is that the key to these these big winners that you see a lot of people talking about and and bragging about on social media, if it's true that they made 150, 200 percent on that particular trade or 300 percent on the trade, they did it by getting in before you did. They did it by getting in before everybody was talking about it on social media. They got in at the early stages of it. But what everybody else gets in trouble is they see that person making all the money. It's like, I got to have that too. So they get into it. And by the time that they're getting into it, that person that they're trying to follow into that trade is offloading their shares. And it's a lot of money that they're offloading. And there's not enough people to be able to absorb all of that selling power. And as a result, the stock drops. And we just did a podcast episode on this. So if you want to go back and look at the Swing Trading Penny Stocks podcast episode, I'd highly encourage you to do that. It was my previous podcast episode. I get a lot more in depth on that kind of stuff. So one of the things that I want to go back to is last year, 2022, the market was selling off pretty good. I don't remember what the exact dates were, but it was in the second half of 2022 when the market had already taken a substantial hit. I started loading up on some of the names that I knew that would be around, that I liked the companies a lot of, that the PEs had dropped a lot as well. 
and they were providing some really good values from a historical basis. One of the things that I like to use is the T2108 indicator and measure the percentage of stocks that are currently trading above their 40-day moving average. When it starts to get into single digits, that's usually the time that I like to start adding new positions to my long-term accounts. I don't like to do it at points like what we're seeing right now in mid-2023 where you're seeing PEs like just off the charts and, and really unsustainable. But back in 2022, there were some really good opportunities. There's some that I wish I would have probably been more aggressive about adding, and there's some that I didn't add at all that I wish I would have, one of them probably being NVIDIA. Hindsight, that was probably a great trade to make, but I also made some other good long-term investments. And a couple of them, more than doubled. I had AMD at 59. Let's see here. I had DKNG. I bought that one at, at an average price at 1240. TTD at 47. Shop at 36. And they pretty much all doubled, if not more so. And along the way, when we started getting into that double territory, was I shocked that the positions that I put on for my long-term accounts back in the second half of 2022 were suddenly doubling here in 2023? Yeah, I was. I was a little bit surprised. I don't have a lot of confidence right now with all the headwinds that we're seeing with interest rates continuing to go up, with credit getting downgraded. Not overly thrilled about this market. I think the market's moved too fast too soon. I think there's a good chance that this market pulls back further. But I don't know that with 100% certainty. If I did, I would have closed out all of those positions. Instead, what I did is I took the original position off. It didn't matter. I could say I took the profits off. I took the original position off. Maybe it just sounds a little fancier taking the original position off, but that's essentially what I did. The amount of money that I put in originally for those positions, and I didn't buy them all at once. I built it up over time. I took all of those off and I kept the profits that I had made in it as my remaining position. So if my position goes down to, you know, where the position gets cut in half, 50%, well, I, I still have 50% of a profit that I made on that stock originally. I'm coming away with that. So I'm not overly worried about it at this point in time. I pretty much am in a risk-free environment unless the co company goes out of business. And then at that point, I'm just simply losing all the profits that I originally put in. But I don't expect AMD to go out of business. I don't expect DraftKings to go out of business. I don't expect Shopify to go out of business. And these were the four best performers. One of the things that I wish I really would have done is been a little bit more aggressive in adding to them. By the time that they started taking off, I think I had about a half position total on each of those, which kind of stunk. But if the market pulls back again, and that's something that I really hope that does happen from a long-term investment standpoint, I hope we see another dip, even maybe bigger than the one that we saw in 2022. If we get that, that's going to provide some really good long-term investment opportunities, especially like some of the big tech stocks that we saw take some major hits back in 2022. You could have some really good opportunities with Apple and and Meta and Google and Microsoft and Amazon. And I took advantage of those the first time, but I would like to be able to take advantage of them again by getting another significant pullback. So right now in 2023, I'm not trying to add new positions to my portfolio. I haven't done really any all year long. But if we can get a dramatic pullback and we can get a sustained pullback that, like I said, I use that T2108 indicator a lot to see where the percentage of stocks trading above their 40-day moving average starts to get into single digits. And let me tell you, when it gets down to those levels, you start to wonder if the whole financial system's about to fall apart because it gets really doom and gloom at that point. It's probably the hardest time for me as a trader or an investor to pull the trigger on it. In fact, the first two times in 2022, and it worked out for my own good, when we, we saw some of those really stark readings, I didn't even buy anything. And then the third time when we printed a reading 
into the single digits for the percentage of stocks trading above their 40-day moving average, I did pull the trigger. And maybe that actually came back to bite me a little bit because I never got those full positions. I could have been adding them back in July or June and then been able to do it a little bit earlier and had a bigger position for when the market finally did bottom, I would have made a whole lot more money. But in the case of Bowser here, he has SoFi. And SoFi, in case you haven't been paying close attention to it, I can go ahead and tell you exactly what this stock has been doing of late. For much of 2022 and a lot of 2023, up until about May, really, it has gone from about 4 to $5 a share as high as 1175 ish And so it's more than doubled, and it's provided a really good return. A lot of that's fueled by the whole student loan repayment having to start back up again. That benefits SoFi, which has some exposure in that area. And a lot of people are making some really good gains. I know that because... Back in like November or October of last year, I talked about how I wouldn't own the stock. And that was back when it was trading at 4 or $5 a share. And nobody said anything for a long time. And then you fast forward like seven, eight months later, and all of a sudden, everybody's like bashing me for saying I wouldn't swing trade that stock. And when you're talking about swing trades, you're talking about swing trades that last from a couple of days to a couple of months. I'm not talking about long-term investments all that much on this particular channel. But on SoFi, I was talking about it from a swing trading standpoint, but everybody was Wanted to use the clown emoji and all that stuff to, to beat me up for that. But nonetheless, they didn't really listen to what I was actually talking about in that particular situation. But he put a 30% of his long-term portfolio on SoFi. That's a pretty big position. I don't own anything with a 30% stake in any of my long-term or any of my dividend accounts. I think probably the only one that I could feel comfortable with doing that on would be SPY, just because you're really owning 500 companies and not you know, just one company, but doing it with one company, that is pretty significant. It balloons from 30% when it doubles all the way up to 55% of his account. If he sees a 50% retraction in his portfolio, if it goes from 1175 all the way back down to five or $6, he could be looking at, you know, a 25 to 30% drawdown in his account. And that would be pretty bad. In fact, as I'm talking about it right now, it's down 3% today as of this recording, and it's gone from 11.75 down to 10. That's a pretty big impact to his portfolio right there. It's not quite 20%, but it's getting close there in terms of the drawdown in SoFi. You turn that into a, a portfolio that has more than half of your account and that you're looking at a 10% drawdown as a result of the effects in SoFi. For me personally, I don't like to even go beyond 10% on a long-term position in my portfolio. But here's what I do like, swingtradingthestockmarket.com. If you go to swingtradingthestockmarket.com, you're going to get all of my stock market research each and every day. That's going to include updates on the overall stock market. That's going to include updates on the, all the big tech stocks, getting my daily watch list, my weekly bullish and bearish master watch list. You're also going to get videos on stocks that are standing out to me as possible opportunities. So check that out, swingtradingthestockmarket.com. Really good stuff, and you're supporting this podcast as a result. So I told you about the example in AMD. I told you about the example in Shopify and DraftKings and TTD. Really good long-term investments. I took a lot of the profits off the table to where I was just really didn't even have a core position. It was just the profits I was playing with. Here's an example of one where I like the return that I got on the trade. This involves CVX. This was in my dividend account. And it really turned out to be a great long-term investment that didn't really go for that long. I ended up booking the gains after it made about 100% return for me back in 2022. So I liked it originally because of that 8% dividend. It was an amazing dividend. I thought it was a really good value. So I went ahead and got long on it. Didn't expect energy to go up 46% during 2022 when the rest of the market was falling apart. When it got to that level where I was sitting at like 100, 110% in profits, I went ahead and booked the gains. I closed out the whole position. 
I'm not in CVX anymore. Looking back, what probably should I have done? Well, why did I why did I get out of it entirely? Well, if you got a position and you're making an 8% dividend on it and the company's pretty stable, that's a really good dividend. But to be able to replicate that same amount that I just got on that 100, 110% return, it would take well over, I guess it would take about close to 10 years to be able to get that, maybe eight or nine years. But nonetheless, you're talking about a long time. If CVX was to come back down to the original positions, I'd be holding that stock just trying to replicate via dividends what I could have already had much earlier on. So I went ahead and closed out the whole position. Looking back, I wish I would have done the same thing with CVX that I did with Shopify and AMD. I wish I would have just gone ahead and gotten my original position out, kind of split the difference with keeping the profits in the account and being able to still make some dividend off of CVX shares. So that would probably be the one example that I would give of maybe where I didn't quite do it correctly and I wish I would have done it differently. But as you can tell, part of trading is always about learning, learn from your mistakes. You grow as a trader all the time. Still to this day, I've been doing this since I was 11 years old being in the stock market. I have learned so much during that time and I'm still learning a ton. I'm learning more about myself as well as a trader, my emotions, the psychology behind my trades. Why do I do certain trades that I take when I wish I wouldn't have? Becoming a more disciplined trader. It's all about growth, learning, and becoming a better version of yourself as a trader. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, I would encourage you to like and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Click that little bell for the notification button so you can know when I'm doing one of these or doing a live stream or doing a a short. All sorts of good stuff out there on that channel. If you're listening to it on podcast or Apple, make sure to leave me a five-star review. Send me your questions. Tell me your stories. I want to hear about them. Ryan at SharePlanner.com. I do read all the emails. I love hearing from you guys. I get to know my audience a little bit better, what you guys need, what you guys want to hear about. So do that for me. Check out SwingTradingTheStockMarket.com. Leave some five-star reviews. Thank you guys, and God bless. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Swing Trading the Stock Market. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the SharePlanner trading block where I navigate the stock market each day with traders from around the world. With your membership, you will get a seven-day trial and access to my trading room, including alerts via text, email, and WhatsApp. So go ahead, sign up by going to shareplanner.com slash trading block. That's www.shareplanner.com slash trading block. And follow me on SharePlanner's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where I provide unique market and trading information every day. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at brian at shareplanner.com. All the best to you, and I look forward to trading with you soon. 